Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I've watched this trial from day one, whether I was in the courtroom or watching on Law and Crime. I was watching you and Johnny sitting together the entire trial, okay? Watching your interaction between them was just, I wanted to be a fly on the wall to know. I know you can't reveal attorney-client privilege, of course. Can you give us any insight into what it was like sitting next to Johnny, your client, throughout this trial, listening to the witnesses together, what that was like? It was so much fun. Johnny is so smart, he's so insightful, and he's so funny. So there are many times when I'm, I'm trying to listen carefully to the witnesses as he was, and he would make such a funny comment that we would have to laugh. And it, in a way, it had a great impact on me and the rest of the team because if this guy whose life is on his line, on the line, can, can, he took it very seriously, but if he can find humor in what has been a tragedy for him, I mean, we can get our act together and we can keep pushing. So it actually was really great for morale. And he, you know, we all really believed in him. He's a, he's a great guy to work with and we really wanted to help him win. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. This is where we break down the biggest moments in the day's biggest cases. I'm Jesse Weber. So yes, I had the incredible opportunity to sit down with Ben Chu. Now, for those of you who are slightly unfamiliar with Mr. Chu, because a lot of the attention was put on Camille Vasquez, Depp's attorney who questioned Amber Heard, Chu is the guy who sat next to Depp every day. Whenever you saw a clip of the courtroom and you saw Johnny Depp, the guy sitting next to him, that was Ben Chu. That's one of his main attorneys. And, you know, they were whispering. They were sometimes joking around. I mean, you heard it himself. In fact, there was a viral video of Depp kind of drawing this doodle and passing it to Ben Chu to observe. If you look online, I'm sure you can find it. But on a more substantive level, Chu was not only sitting with Depp, he questioned key witnesses, he argued important motions, and he delivered parts of the opening statement and closing argument. So he was an, an integral part of Johnny Depp's team. And what's interesting about him, and the same thing could be said for Camille Vasquez, is that during the course of the trial, they became celebrities. They became rock stars. I mean, if you look online and you just use the hashtag Ben Chu, just see what you get. See how many people have posted about Ben Chu. When I covered this trial in Fairfax County, Virginia, I remember there was a point, uh, this was actually during the deliberations, we were waiting for a verdict, uh, Ben Shu walks outside of the courthouse to just put something in the car that was waiting for him, and tons of Johnny Depp supporters just start cheering him. They start screaming for him. Again, this was a trial that morphed into something else. It, it turned into something else entirely. It became a very important cultural and pop culture movement as much as it was an important legal case. And Ben Chu and Camille Vasquez became rock stars. They really did. And when this case started, Ben Chu, Ben Rottenborn, Elaine Bredehoff, Camille Vasquez, 
these weren't easily recognizable names. I, mean, I was in Fairfax for week two of this case. Before all the fanfare, these attorneys were normal people. Nobody really knew about them. They weren't easily recognizable names. Now, Chu, in my opinion, after really sitting down with him and getting to meet him, just an incredibly genuine person, such a down-to-earth guy. And it was funny because he said to me, He's a 65-year-old lawyer, and for him it was embarrassing and humbling to receive all this attention, and it just showed the support that Johnny Depp had outside of the courtroom. But when Chu sat down with us, I had to ask him, first, one of the first things I had to ask him was his reaction to what's been happening after the verdict, because as you may know, so the jury came back and they found Amber Heard liable to Johnny Depp on each one of his claims of defamation for the words that she wrote in the Washington Post op-ed piece, and she only won on one of her counterclaims, so she really lost this case. Now, Heard's attorney, Elaine Bredehoff, spoke out on different shows, and she said that she felt the jury must have been affected by media exposure, that evidence was improperly excluded from the trial. Again, she's prepping her appeal here. She's prepping the appeal for Amber Heard, but more significantly, she's putting all the blame on everything else. And on top of that, a representative from Amber Heard's camp criticized Ben Chu for doing interviews like the one he did on our network. So I asked Ben Chu what he thought about all this, and here's what he had to say. I'm sure you've seen Elaine Bredehoff's comments after the verdict saying that the jury was tainted by the publicity, that there was suppressed evidence. What's your reaction to that? I was really disappointed to hear that because she's a very good lawyer, very um, experienced, and it seemed to cast dispersions on the jurors' integrity because, as you know, they took a, an oath not to watch social media, and there's no reason to believe that they didn't. So to hear such a baseless claim was disappointing. And what about the idea of suppressed evidence? That was absurd. I mean, as you know, there are rules of evidence and both sides had evidence that were, it was excluded for proper evidentiary reasons. Before you came on the, to do some interviews today, uh, Amber Heard's representative came forward and said this was unprofessional, it's a victory lap. I want to give you the opportunity to respond to that. Yeah, again, I mean, this is kind of a case of a pot calling a kettle black because Ms. Bredehoff went on some of the morning shows the day after the verdict to put her spin on it. So if she has a problem with that, then she should look in the mirror. No love lost there. I think that's pretty clear. Now, he also admitted something that was very, very interesting. You know, we dedicated a sidebar to the question of, well, how is Amber Heard going to pay the $10.35 million damages award the judgment to Johnny Depp. One of the questions I posed in that episode, and it's a question I keep posing, and I even asked Chu about it, is it possible that Depp will waive the judgment and not enforce it? Curiously, Chu admitted to me that for Depp, it's not about the money. It was about getting his life back. It was about getting his reputation back. So while he wouldn't outright say it, and you know he couldn't outright say if Depp wouldn't actually try to get her to pay the money back, it does make you wonder. Could Depp say, hey, Amber, you know what? Not gonna collect the money, just don't appeal it. Don't fight this, don't talk about it anymore, and I won't force you to pay up. After Chu's answer, it kinda seems like a possibility to me. Now, I couldn't talk to Ben Chu without talking about Depp taking the stand. I mean, this was a moment, okay? You talk about this case, when Depp testified, 
right after that, right during that, that is when you saw all these people come to Fairfax, Virginia. You saw people started waiting online at 1 a.m. to get tickets. It's when the social media interest in this case absolutely grew. It all started with Johnny Depp taking the stand. And for a plaintiff in his position, testifying to the world that he's not an abuser, that Heard publicly lied about him in a national publication, him taking the stand is a very big deal. So I asked you about this. What was going on behind the scenes? And were you or anybody on the legal team concerned? We were nervous in the sense that he writes all of his, I mean, he writes his scripts when he is performing roles. And this is no different. I mean, we had suggestions as any attorneys would, but ultimately what he says is all in his own words. So um, we knew, or we strongly believe that he was going to be consistent with everything and, and truthful. And so in that sense, we weren't that worried about him. And he didn't have to be uh, reminded about dates and events. I mean, his memory is quite clear about what happened and what did not happen. I thought he was terrific. And what about under cross-examination by Benjamin Rottenborn? You know, it got tense at times. Uh, what were your thoughts on how the cross well, our, our main concern, as with any witness, is that he not loses cool because we knew that they would come at him with a male, and in this case, Ben Rottenborn. So when we practiced, we had um, one of our senior attorneys, Wayne Dennison, come in and play the role of attack dog. And so I think Johnny was prepared for that, and I think he kept his composure under cross. I think he did a very good job. I thought that was fascinating, and it makes you think, was Depp more prepared and scripted than he seemed? All right, I wanna tell you about a podcast right now that I think all of you are really gonna enjoy. It's for all of you true crime junkies out there. It's called Real Crime Profile. This is a very different podcast than anything you've heard or seen before, and I'll tell you why. First of all, let's talk about who hosts it. This is a podcast co-hosted by former behavioral analysts, the FBI's Jim Clemente, New Scotland Yard's Laura Richards, and alongside Criminal Minds casting director, Lisa Zambetti. They do something entirely different because so many shows focus in on the criminals, the offenders. They don't do that. They put the focus on the victims. They focus the conversations on criminal behavioral patterns, which I think is a really interesting science. Real Crime Profile offers an insight into that systematic injustice that we see so many times in the legal system. And that is something that can be both horrifying and surprising. It is a true crime podcast with both a brain and a heart. And with nearly, get this, 400 episodes available right now to listen to, there's something for everyone out there. They have cases on Gabby Petito, Shanann Watts and her children, as well as Soledad O'Brien's docuseries, Black and Missing. Listen to Real Crime Profile on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can listen. And in fact, you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus on Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Check it out. Now, Ben Chu also provided some more insights into this trial. He said that it was the goal of the team during opening statements at the start of this case, which he said was pretty tense. It was a tense atmosphere. It was to make sure they made promises that they could keep to the jury. He said that Amber Heard didn't take accountability 
when she was on the stand, that she didn't really own up to a lot of things, that she provided too convenient answers for maybe the jury to accept. And in fact, he said it was a strategic decision to have Camille Vasquez do the cross-examination of Amber Heard. And, and he thought she did an absolutely incredible job. But I had the opportunity to ask Chu about the verdict. And first, I will tell you, it was funny because he said that he and the team played Monopoly as the jury was deliberating, which I thought was interesting. We always want to know, what are the attorneys doing as we're waiting for a verdict in the hours and days to come? Well, apparently they're playing Monopoly. And I would have never really guessed that. And he kind of jokingly told me that his colleagues wouldn't sell him property, which I think he took a little bit of issue with. But for anyone who followed the live reading of the verdict, and I hope you were watching on Law and Crime, you might remember that the jury comes back with a verdict, but they didn't fill out the damages award page. They didn't fill out that part of the verdict form. It was awkward because as Chu said, and we all thought, so clearly the jury found someone liable for defamation. We just didn't know who. And he said that this was a torturous few minutes as that we all waited for the jury to fill out the form and come back ultimately with their verdict. But I did ask him ultimately about the moment of the verdict. And you know what? Him describing it was a moment in and of itself because as he explains, he got a bit choked up. Take a listen. You hear the verdict, a win on each one of Johnny Depp's claims. What was your reaction? It was emotional. I mean, it was, it, we were so thrilled for him. That was great. And it was a great moment. And did you feel, I, I know you can't, I know you can't say what you spoke to Johnny about, but if you can give any kind of insight into what that initial conversation was, the verdict comes out, how happy he must he, have been. He was euphoric and he looked, I mean, he always looks great, but he, to me, he looked 10 years younger. I mean, he, he looked like the weight of the world is off of his shoulders. And one of his longtime friends said, and it was really moving to us is that he hadn't seen Johnny smile like that in six years. So that made us very pleased and very gratified. Wow. And, and the counterclaim that Amber Heard side won, what was your reaction to that? Um, it was consistent in the sense that it, it suggested to us that the jury really took a lot of time considering all the evidence. And obviously we're not privy to, to the deliberations, but they uh, found no liability on the two statements by Mr. Waldman that said her abuse allegations were a hoax. But they found liability on a more convoluted statement, which implicated a number of her friends and their activities on the night in question, which is May 21, 2016, when the police came Police found no marks on her face. Um, Mr. Waldman was making suggestions about what other people were doing, and there was less proof in the record about that uh, from the, the testimony of those friends. So in that sense, it wasn't a total surprise. And in the context of the entire verdict, we think it was overwhelmingly in favor of Mr. Depp. Wow. Wow. Y you know, there's something to be said here. You put aside the law, you put aside the celebrity, you put aside all the details, the drama, everything. This was something different because, and this is really something that could be said for Amber Heard's attorneys as well. These are lawyers across the board who really care about their clients. 
These are lawyers who invested the time, the emotion, their lives into this case. And when the verdict is read, they felt it. I think Ben Chu made that really clear how much this verdict meant to him. It was a really raw human emotion from him there. And, you know, I asked you a, a few more questions in the limited time uh, that I had with him, and it was very generous with his time, and it included something that I really wanted to know. You might remember that when Amber Heard testified that Depp attacked her sister on the stairs, and, you know, she jumped in to protect her sister, Whitney, and it ended up with Amber hitting Johnny Depp. Well, at one point, Amber Heard says, I immediately thought of the Kate Moss incident. Obviously, a reference to the rumor that Depp had thrown Kate Moss down a flight of stairs. Well, if you were watching Law and Crime, you might have seen Ben Chu, again, sitting right next to Johnny Depp, kind of does like a fist bump in the air, and he seemed really excited. And you know what? I asked Chu about this, and he said he, said he kind of uh, lost his composure in this moment because he knew... He said he knew that she wasn't telling the truth, that this was not what happened. In fact, Kate Moss was called to the stand. This was what led Johnny Depp to calling Kate Moss to the stand. And she testified via a live video link and said that Johnny Depp never threw her down the stairs in any which way. But again, he's kind of giving an insight into what he felt in that moment, lost his composure, couldn't handle it. And it was one of the more uh, notable moments of Ben Chu in this case. So I do want to thank uh, Benjamin Chu for taking the time to speak with us here on Law and Crime. You can watch more of those clips on our Twitter page and our YouTube page. We're hopefully going to do something a little bit more with that interview. Uh, and we appreciate his time. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to an interview maybe Camille Vasquez and maybe someone from uh, Amber Heard's side as well. The offer has always stood and we have reached out to them. But thanks for listening to us here at Sidebar. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. Speak to you next time.